Okay, so we're going to, under today's date in Canvas, right, we're going to where it says citation activity for sources 1.1 and 1.2. So hopefully if we have enough time today, I'm going to preemptively stop you from having big feelings for the citation information for the source that's due next time by working out the citation information before it so we can practice together. But in order to get to that, we have to do the other stuff first. So let's be real focused and real efficient. So you're going to go to where it says 8th period source 1.1. And for now, just put your cursor in the spot where you're supposed to go. Put your cursor in the spot next to your name. Where did I put it? That's the wrong account. Okay, so in order for us to decide the ethos pathos logos, right, in order for us to decide the ethos pathos logos of this documentary, right, what do we have to know mm -hmm. and understand before we can even talk about how they use persuasive techniques? Who say what now? So we know that they are trying to persuade, but what was what you said, what they're trying? Yeah. So what what is their purpose? Like, what are they trying to persuade you of? But before you can decide what they're trying to get you to believe, what do you have to know and define first? Like, it's like an equation. You have to define the values before you can, like, put it into the equation. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to decide who specifically is our author or our speaker or our persuader. So I saw lots of fun stuff. I saw Sarah Jessica Parker is the author. I saw uh, Nancy Pelosi is the author. I saw the director, Oscar, I think his name is like Oscar Nunez or something, is the author. None of those are correct, and we'll talk about why in a second. But in terms of this paper, you're going to have to analyze the purpose of making the film in the first place and what they wanted to achieve. But first, before you can do that, you have to define who they is. So who is the author of this video? Ideas? Um, was it with Sarah Parker? So it's not, Sarah Jessica Parker is the narrator. So just as we remember when we watched The Rock in that commercial, and we decided that The Rock was not the persuader or the author, he was a tool for ethos being used by the persuader, right? Which was Under Armour, right? In the same exact way, Sarah Jessica Parker in this film is a tool to help persuade the viewers, but she's not the speaker or the persuader. Who is doing the persuading? Yeah. So what we have here is a, what's called an organizational author, meaning that an organization got together and produced this for their own purposes, right? So the author, and, and in YouTube videos, you always know the author set part of a YouTube video is always right here next to the icon. So yeah, they are in the author position for this YouTube video, so they are the author, which is kind of weird, right? The thing about citing an organization as an author is that you put their full name in and you don't do any name reversal like you would for a first or last name. So put this author in the author spot next to in, in, your, in your little table box next to your name. We're each going to create our own citation but together. 
That way I can check for mistakes real quick, right across the board. So here is the author here. And once you do that, I forgot to mention, take out your MLA thing. You can either take out your little MLA booklet or the, the yellow MLA packet that I gave you. Either one's good. But do take that out. And turn to this last yellow page here in the booklet or in your big fat packet. Um, I don't see who. Turn to the wherever it says in the big fat packet where it has the order of the elements in a citation. Okay, so we have our author element, right? And the thing about our author is that it's a proper noun, so we need to capitalize every important word in it because not only is it an author name, but it's a title. So you all did it correctly. It's uh, in standardized capitalization, which is again meaning that every important word is capitalized. But here's the other issue here. Um, some of you have an ampersand, which is the word for this thingamajig, and some of you have the word and. Which is it? So what's really hard to know is that some things you have to translate into MLA format, and some things you have to keep the same, right? But a part of a person's name, you have to keep the same. So um, the, the, the name of the actual committee has an ampersand in it and not the word and. So go ahead and change that real quick, if you have it. And you might be tempted to work ahead, but let's talk through this together and make sure we all understand these elements because there's some weird ones in here. So then, looking at this yellow paper, what punctuation needs to come after the author element? A period. a period. So go ahead and put a period there and then one space. And then in the list of elements, what's the next thing that needs to appear? Say again. Title of the source, right? So the title of the source is simply just in this case it's it, in some cases it's hard to determine the title versus the container but in this case not so much right so the title of the source they've given us right here but there's a colon in it do we just put the first part of the title or the whole thing, whole thing. we put the whole thing if they saw fit to give a double title then we got to put it here's my question though right when we have remember when we talked about the Gilmore Girls episode where we have episode 1.7 the show Gilmore Girls, but then it's all housed on Netflix. Do you remember that? This is the same idea. This video is housed on what database? YouTube. YouTube. So YouTube is the big container. So does it mean that this video is a part of a larger whole or is it the larger whole itself? That was a question. That was a real question. Um, it's part of a larger yes, in a way. So, in on for a YouTube video, sometimes a film title will be just italicized, but for a YouTube video specifically, we're considering it part of a larger whole because it's on a channel technically, right? So, we're gonna put the title in either italics or quotation marks. Which one should it be? Quotations. Why quotations? Because it's the smaller. Yeah. So, we're gonna put this title here in quotation marks. And then what punctuation, yeah, you did it right. What punctuation comes after that component? Period. Period goes inside the quotation marks, Gracie and 
Adele, just got to put that. Yep, good job. This is just a real quick way for me to give you immediate feedback just so we can move through it quickly. Okay, so next, what what's the next component that we need here? The title of the container. What's the title of this container? It's YouTube, right? Just make sure you spell it correctly. And since it's a container, are we going to put it in quotation marks or are we going to italicize it? So YouTube is spelled with no spaces but a capital T for the tube. Yep. And then what punctuation do we put after the container? Mm-hmm. Love it. And then one space. Good, good, good. Here's where stuff gets weird, okay? Here is, it's going to be a rare, but what's our next part in the list for citations? Contributor, right? Or contributors. So it's funny, this video, we could list a lot of contributors, right? But most of the contributors, like Nancy Pelosi, is a part of the ec economic disparity and growth group, right? But we do have very specific contributors that have been mentioned that need to be acknowledged, even though they're not the authors. So who did we think maybe possibly was the author, but it didn't go there? Who else? Remember we were trying, we were, we were like trying out different names for who would be the author? Some of them didn't work. What were those names? Like Oscar or something? Oscar Nunez, I can't remember, I can't remember what his last name is. I was just sort of filling it in there. Um, but yeah, he's the director. He's definitely another contributor. He's not the author, but he's a significant contributor that needs to be acknowledged. Who else <laughs> was somebody that we thought might possibly be the author? Right, Sarah Jessica Parker, she clearly had a big contribution to the film. She's not the author, but she is a contributor, right? So the way that we list contributors for sources like this, I could take you to the spot for where it says, but it's so rare that I'm just going to tell you, basically. So let me just show you. So we have two contributors. We have directed by, and then we have narrated by. And you put it in alphabetical order according to the D in directed versus the N in narrator. So which one is going to go first, director or narrator? Right. So the names that we put in this section are going to be in regular order, not reverse, because they're not at the beginning of the citation. So it looks just like that. I put it under Adele's. So we're capitalizing. Make sure we're capitalizing proper nouns, but everything else is lowercase. Directed by, it's Oscar Guerrera. Yikes. It wasn't even close with Nunez. Oof. Um, and we had a lot of people misspelling the names, so make sure the names are spelled correctly as well. And then end that component with a comma. Great, those are our contributors. And then we have a version number and a, a volume number. Do we have either of those for this YouTube video? No. So what do we do with an element that we don't have? What are we supposed to do? What's that? Yeah, we just skip it. So where we are at, dear, is we, if you go onto Canvas. Oh, you found it? Oh, good. Look at you. So, so on top of it. Um, okay, so what is the next, uh, what's the next component that we have after version and number? So the publisher in this case is also YouTube. And when it's both containers twice, then we just omit the second one. So we already have that. 
and then the publication date where would we find that so if you don't click into it just says eight months ago you can do the math but they do offer more specific dates including a day if you click into the more so we have our day month and year what order do we put those, those pieces of information in smallest to biggest small medium large day month year and it's really confusing in the big work cited citation you abbreviate the month name but in your four line heading you spell out the full month name so they just I know that sometimes I feel like they're confusing just to be confusing but we don't argue with the MLA we just we just we just toe the line so we're gonna shorten this Gracie to DEC period DEC period yeah No, it's a comma, and just keep in mind, a comma is when the information for that component is not quite done yet. So all of this is still container information about that YouTube thing. That's why we keep putting commas until it's complete, right? So that's a way to remember it if you don't have this right in front of you. Um, okay, so yes, now we're good. So what information do we put after the date? The location. So if you accessed the source digitally, what kind of location are you always going to have? A digital location, right? It's only if you access the source physically that you put the location as like page numbers within that book and a literal publisher that like printed the book itself, right? So with that being said, we got ourselves a location and if we all try to copy the URL in there at once, it's going to, the document's going to short out. So I'm just going to put it under Adele's here. And you need a period at the end of the URL, but you do need to hyperlink that URL. Um, so sometimes it won't copy over, so you can just highlight it again, click link, and then insert that link. And then I've hyperlinked it all except for the period. So this is, let me just double check. This is a correct citation T to B, top to bottom. All right, so far so good. So now when you're going to put together your Works Cited page, all you need to do is draw this over to your Works Cited page and then make sure to format it correctly. So far so good? So that's what I'm trying to, this is what I'm trying to get you to do when I'm trying to get you to put the pieces of it in your MLA graphic organizer, trying to help you build it so when the time comes to build it, it's not frustrating. You can just transfer it all over. So, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to talk to you for a moment about this paper itself, which I know you're super excited about. Everyone just calm down. Calm right down. I know you're excited, but just calm down. Um, I'm going to talk to you about this paper in general. Then we're going to try to get our citations going for the next source you have due next time so we can have fewer big feelings about it. Yeah, sound like a plan? I love that for us, for me personally. Okay. This computer decided to betray me. Okay, so for this paper, it looks really big, but take out in, from in front of you the green, uh, the green cardstock paper, <clears throat> and turn it to the side that has the outline on it. Okay. So 
I'm going to give you the short version of the paper and the explanation for the short version of this, and then I'm going to give you the longer, more specific version. So today's we today is the day that we learn about this paper, right? But the basic short version of this paper is just this. You have the documentary. The documentary is the central piece of this paper. The question for this paper is going to be, Yagra is important, but is grit the only factor in success in America? I'm sure you can answer that question right now, right? If I have the same level of grit as somebody who has you know, $200,000 less net income for their household, per year, if we both put in the same amount of grit, are we both going to get the same amount of success? It's just not, it's not going to happen, right? So we have to know that just grit is not the only factor in success. And we have to start looking at the other factors in success because sometimes hard work, as much as we wish it were true, just doesn't fix everything. There's other stuff too, right? So basically what this, what this, paper is about is yes grit but also what else that's basically the point right so we have our documentary and what they want you to do is do a rhetorical analysis of the documentary which is a very fancy way of saying analyze the way they used ethos pathos and logos that's it right so rhetorical analysis always just mean analyze the way they used ethos pathos logos the author which is this committee the this congressional committee right once we've analyzed the documentary, what we want to do is bring in scholarly sources, and scholarly sources are different than just some article we found on the internet, right? We want to bring in scholarly sources. Can you put your phone away so you're 100% sure here? Scholarly sources that agree with the documentary in some ways, but disagree with the documentary in other ways, right? So then you'll introduce those sources and then highlight ways that the, the, this source compares and contrasts with the documentary. This source compares and contrasts with the documentary. So everything is calling back to that documentary, right? And then a fourth source compares to the documentary. And then if you look at your green outline here, this is the middle, the body of the paper. And then all we do is tag a beautiful introduction, a beautiful so what, who cares here at the bottom. And we have our five to six page paper. So far, so good? Okay, so that's just the short version. Let's talk about the long version, right? <clears throat> it's okay if after today you, you, you're not 100% sure what the crap this paper is. I will walk you through it. There's a lot of information at first. I'm going to help you build the pieces of a puzzle that you don't even have the full picture of yet until we do it. But the important thing to know is if you take out that four-page packet that I gave you last time with the graphic organizer, the graphic organizer on top of that, take that out. What's important to know that I, I've created these graphic organizers to be extremely strategic, right? So everything on this graphic organizer is everything that's required to be in your paper by Weber State, right? So if there's a spot for it on the graphic organizer, assume that that is going to be in your paper, right? So as you can see, the, the rhetorical analysis part for the documentary is graphic organizer number one you're just going to basically take these pieces from this graphic organizer and sew it together with words right um it asks you to analyze ethos pathos and logos well that is the back page of this graphic organizer well what do you know right and then we have a graphic organizer for source number two understanding the source mla for the information and then in the back it's talking about pulling quotes from that source that agree and disagree with the documentary 
So far, so good. And it's the same for the other two sources as well. So you see how you're putting together the puzzle pieces. You don't even really have to see how it goes together yet or understand how it goes together yet. You can still be successful, right? So let's let, just make sure that all these graphic organizers are awesome. So when you go to write the paper, future you only has to think about the words and not also the puzzle pieces that the words put together. Does that make sense? So the better you do on these graphic organizers, the happier you're going to be. So it's a five to six page paper. It has to be written. Uh, the basis of it is a rhetorical analysis about the documentary. Um, so again, everything on the graphic organizers is just it. That's the paper. Then we'll just sew it together. Um, the same things that we've been learning this whole time, formal academic writing style, clear and concise writing, MLA, um, really well edited, free of errors in grammar style and formatting, everything we've been learning, now we're here putting it into the, our first Big Fat Mama, right? So the we'll write this paper in steps, but the most important thing to know is take a look at your green outline. Green outline. So we have an introduction, A, B, C, D, and then a conclusion. We're all looking at that and we're seeing that. You guys are struggling to focus today. And I, I, can, I can sympathize, but you do have to tighten up because we do have to know this stuff, yes? So you see that it's A, B, C, D, and then a conclusion. What we're going to do is write the middle of your paper first, and we'll always do that for these big fat papers. So the middle is just section A, section B, C, and D, then the introduction and the conclusion after. Why would we do that? Does anyone have any ideas about why we do that? Right, exactly. It's hard to write an introduction for a paper you haven't written yet. If you write the paper and then introduce it, it makes it real easy to make sure your introduction encapsulates your whole paper. And same for the conclusion. If you wait to write it at the end, the so what, who cares sort of writes itself. So far, so good? Okay. Um, then we write, so we do each of these sections about each of the sources that corresponds with each of your graphic organizers. And then, well, actually, so sorry. So we're going to do section A, B, and C. And then before section D, what we'll do is we'll stop and we'll collaborate and listen. Nobody? Okay, whatever. <laughs> so only people whose parents taught them well are going to know what that was. But we will stop and collaborate in the form of a peer review. So what we'll do is we'll formally... Pure vanilla ice, you guys get it together. Um, okay, um, come on now. <laughs> so listen, here the thing is, is that we have to stop in the middle of the paper. Because I don't want you to write the whole paper going down the wrong path, right? It's so much easier for us to write the ship in the middle than it is to write the ship after you've written a whole paper that is not going to score well, right? So we write half of it, we stop, we collaborate, and we listen. It's a peer review, right? And then you write the rest of the paper with a fixed middle. Does that make sense? So then we'll, then we'll do the final source, the section with the final source. And then we'll do the introduction. Then we'll do the conclusion. So what language do you see that's familiar to you in this conclusion here? Yeah, so we're jumping around in the book because I'm selecting chapters that you need for certain skills for which paper we're writing at the time, right? So we will do four and five, but you need the chapter seven in order to finish this paper. So far, so good. <laughs> it's just always such a pained look. I love that. It's going to be fine. What did I tell you about the paper length? 
Do you remember what I said about the length of the paper? Yes, but... Well, it does matter how long it is. If it does not meet the five-page minimum, they will not give you credit for the class. That is for reals. What did I say? Yeah. Right. It will be the least of your worries if you do what I tell you to do. The page length will just create itself, and all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, I just wrote a six-page paper, and it wasn't even that hard. That's because you wrote 40% of it before you even started writing because I made you do graphic organizers. You understand that, right? Like you've already, you will already have written the half the paper before you write it. Yes, you get it. Okay. So uh, then we're going to compile work cited, which we're already doing bit by bit, little by little, right? And then we'll go, th we'll go through all of the peer review steps. We'll talk about formally introducing sources and we'll get her did, right? It won't be that bad of a paper, I promise. The thing about it is though, is that the sources are kind of heavy because they're all scholarly sources. So take the three sources that you picked up today. Pick the, put those out in front of you. We'll talk about those for a smidge. These sources are also available on Canvas for you. But what do you notice about these three sources specifically? You'll see a number two, a number three, and a number four. What do you notice about those? Even just by the titles. Right. So we're going to, it's fun to talk about grit and it's all well and good that we're all gritty. But at the end of the day, we could all have the same amount of grit and get different levels of success because of these other factors. Right. So each of these sources has something different to say about yes, grit, but also dot, dot, dot. Right. So that's why each of these sources has been selected and they're in order based on how easily they are to compare and contrast with the documentary. So far so good? So let's take a look at this first additional source, source two. Go to that and tell me what you notice about it. What do we notice? It's by Duckworth. Where do we know her from? We, you see how like everything is meant to prepare you for the topic. Like you understand what's been, what's happened here. Yes. Okay, good. Just checking. So now instead of the TED talk, which is basically an overview of her theories, we're going to get specific about her theories. But so she has a book called Grit, right? But we are only going to use one chapter from this book as our source, as one of our sources for this paper, right? So we need to figure out how to cite this specific book. Let's do that together so you don't have any big feelings about it over the weekend. Sound like a plan? Okay. So who is our author? Oh, one thing I did forget to tell you. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, Say again? You what? Oh. So it's looking like it's like... The privilege of so I have one extra copy, but here's the thing: like I don't know why there wouldn't be. Does anybody have two copies on accident? Source three. Okay, pause. So I'm gonna make copies for you, but also I have one here. I'm gonna make copies. So many. 
Um, I'm gonna make copies, but then oh, there's two source fours, you guys. Oh, that's amazing. Look at it. Thank you. Okay, yay. But you both have source three too, right? Yeah. Uh oh, three two. Uh oh. Okay, so we at least know how to put this author's name in because you've done it before. Let's go ahead and put this author's name in. But if you forgot the citation information from this book, what I did was I literally just copied this uh, citation page right here. That's where you're going to get all your citation information from this book. You have a copy of that, right? So first we put her name in. Missing that, ooh, Andela, that's a nice name, but it's not the right one. I don't hate it. Looks good. We've done this before. Okay. So looking at this white page again, what is our next component after the author's name? You all have to actually look at it because there will be a time when I'm not walking you through this, right? So you got to go through the motions even if you don't want to, right? Just trying to help you do this process so when you're alone, you don't cry, cry, cries. Or at least you cry less. That's the goal, right? So what's the next the next thing, the next component of this citation after the author name? Here's my question. Our source is not this whole book, though. It's only a chapter of it. So like a Gilmore Girls episode, right? We got a chapter, which is like the episode number and title. Then we have the full show, which is the full book. But then we have the larger container for all of that, which is Netflix for Gilmore Girls. But what's the larger container for this book? The publisher that publishes this book and many other books. So it follows the same pattern, small, medium, large container, no matter what type of source we're working through, right? So with that being said, we have chapter, book, and publisher. We go small, medium, large. Which one goes first? Chapter. So the title of the chapter goes first. Are we going to put the title of that chapter in quotation marks or italics? Quotation. quotation marks, why? It's part of a larger whole. Yes. And what, what punctuation do we put at the end of the title component? Period. A period. Does a period go inside or outside the quotation marks? Inside. There are exceptions to that, but we haven't got there yet. So. Mm -hmm. so then, after the title of the Gilmore Girls episode, we need the title of the whole show or the whole book, which is what? So here's my question. There's other words down here, and I can't tell if this is actually part of the title. Where could I go to figure out what the real full title is of this book? Gilmore Girls. That does have a lot of life answers, but not this one. So you got to go back to this citation page info and look for the full title on that. You might have to weed through a lot of information here. So what's the full title? So grit, the power of passion. Here's my question. If you look at how it's written here, nothing is capitalized in the secondary title. Do we do it the way they wrote it here or the way that MLA asked us to do it with standardized capitalization? Which one do we do? So with title capitalization, we convert it to MLA every time. 
But for things like an ampersand, we keep it the way they had it. So it's weird. Some things you keep, some things you switch, and it's really hard to know which. <laughs> I made a rhyme. Thank you for that pity laugh. I appreciate it. Make sure to capitalize. Yep. And the whole title is italicized. Ooh, that's a real, it's getting you, Sandra. It's what? really getting you. That capitalization really got you. You had to go back a couple times. It really got you. And then we end the book piece, the title of the book piece, with what punctuation? Because so the title of the book is the container itself, right? So what 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 punctuation do we put after the container? Comma. The reason you would put a comma, the best way to remember it is the information about this book, this container, is not done. You're not done with the information about this. So anytime you're not fully done, you put a comma. Anytime you're fully done, you put a period, right? So when we look at this, we have our container. Do we have um, contributors for this? A special editor, someone writing a foreword. No contributor information, right, Riker? No. And then, uh, do we have a version and a volume number for this? Um, no. Okay, so what do we do when we don't have that information? You just skip it, right? So look on this citation page to find the publisher info. It's a little bit tricky, so I want to see if you can use your smarts to find that. Will you shut that door for me? People be chatty. I don't blame them. You can remove that magnet. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Is it the Simon and Schuster? So it's Simon and Schuster, right? And here's why we know that. It says, all rights reserved. Uh, oh, just kidding. It says Shribner, which you might think Shribner is the, the publisher. It's not. Shribner and Design are registered trademarks of the Gale Group Incorporated, used under license by, they're all under the umbrella of Simon & Schuster Incorporated. But anytime we have an incorporated behind a title, we leave the incorporated part or the LLC part or any type of suffix like that off. So for your publisher, you're just going to put Simon & Schuster and end it with what punctuation? Are we going to keep the ampersand or are we going to turn the ampersand into the word and? We've got to keep it because it's their name. Capitalize both, but we don't italicize the publisher. Yeah. And then what punctuation do we follow after? Comma. Right. And so... See where you can find on the citation page, where do you find the, the date, the publication date? Marshall, honey, you got to be doing this with us. Do you want to take a quick walk, get a drink? I believe in you. What's that? Uh, it says copyright 2016, but it's not that So it says copyright 2016, but we do have a date of August 2018 for this paperback edition. So we want to give the date of this edition. So we have August 2018 as our date. But remember, in the works cited, we abbreviate the month name, not to be confused with writing out the full month name what's in, when it's in the four-line heading. Not confusing at all, right? <laughs> it's crystal clear. 
Um, and then we put a comma behind that. And then, so if it's a digital source, right? If it's a digital source, we have a digital location. What if it's a physical source? The location is the literal location in the literal book, which is a page number. So go ahead and look in your chapter and find a page range. Yep, I heard it. 35 to 51. And the way that we do that, so Adele, you have it almost right, but multiple page numbers means a page range, which is indicated by PP dot space page range end with a period. So no space in between. So for your dash, Adele, you got to take out those spaces. Yeah. Yep. And then put a period because now your citation is officially done. That's so fun, right, guys? Have you ever had more fun ever? Don't answer. Right? Look at how cute she is. But then you don't have to uh, cry about it, you know, like you had big feelings for the first one. But my question is, what about the in-text citation for these, these little citations that we've done today? What is the in-text citation going to look like for a source that doesn't have an author? It has an organization as the author. What is that citation going to look like? The in-text citation. So the rule for an organizational author is to make your in-text citation just the first few words of the organization, no comma, then timestamp or timestamp range. So double check that your in-text citation on your graphic organizer for source number one looks like this. I have never seen you guys so sleepy. Just a long week. You didn't get a lot of sleep because you had the extra day and you thought you were gonna live forever, right? So you didn't sleep and now you, I get it. I did the exact same thing, you guys, so. I watched a whole movie last night for no good reason. Poor time management, so poor. And so our in-text citation for the Duckworth book is super straightforward, right? It's just author last name, no comma, no P dot, no PG dot, no PP dot, none of that. And just the page number that the quote happened on. Or if the quote happened on more than one page, you can do a page range as well if your heart tells you to. We feeling better about that? Ish? Okay. So my big question for you is... From that, that graphic organizer, I saw some funky things. Um, some of you weren't quite sure on the specifics of the first graphic organizer. It's a difficult one. So the deal I always make with this one is we talk about it, and then you can go fix it and resubmit it, and I'll just grade the second one. Now that you've fixed the MLA on it, am I right? You all just fixed the MLA. I love that for you. Um, and now we're going to fix, like, the components of it. So what parts of that 1.1 graphic organizer for the documentary, what parts of that felt confusing or not super solid for you? Yeah. Um, so on the website title part, I thought it would have been like the title of the video, but then I saw it said like use italics and end with a, end with a comma. So would that be YouTube? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So YouTube can be the publisher and the container, 
And in the case that it's both, you just leave it the first one and leave out the second one. You don't double dip. Yeah. Um, but what about the like conceptual parts of the graphic organizer? I think, what do you think in terms of ethos, pathos, logos was the hardest for you to find in this documentary? Logos, right? Why? Why was it the hardest for you to find? And I think a better question is, was the documentary a fully unbiased documentary? I wouldn't say it's fully unbiased. So we can definitely say that it was biased, right? Why was it biased? What made it biased? Um, it was created by the economic disparity and fairness. Well, here's what they might say. That committee is made up of both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats. So why is it still biased? Um, well, I wrote that uh, they were going to try to make everything in the documentary seem like it was unfair, when maybe it's just a normal part of life. True, right? Um, they did only show kind of like the real struggle side of it. When we know there are people in the American economy that really don't have to use a lot of grit, to have exactly what they were striving for in the video, right? There is another side to this, and being American really does have its perks if you live in the right area, if you live in the right tax bracket, if there's so many if, if, ifs, right? And those ifs are what this paper is about, right? So it definitely was biased. Uh, there was a few indicators in here about like, there are people who have lived that American dream and they've rode that pony real, real hard, right? One was even mentioned in the video itself. What did the glass guy say that he was trying to compete against? Amazon. Amazon, right? If that's not a picture of the American dream, I don't know what else is from garage to billions, right? So there is another side to this argument, but I do think that the film was trying to show that it's just not the same for everybody. And not everybody has the same access to that dream. That is true, right? But they did show people who really, really came from a struggle situation. So there is bias there. What about also, uh, so we're talking about the logos. Where did you find logos in this? It, some of you were looking it's looking pretty weak on the logos end, yeah. Um, the only thing kind of related to logos that I found was like, my parents were good. So this is a, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, yes, sorry, go ahead. This is a common mistake about logos, right? Logos doesn't just have to be about numbers, right? What? Did I do something funny? You just cut it off. You said, go ahead. Oh, I thought, did I say go ahead? You guys, it's been a long day. So unpause, you go ahead. No, I mean it this time. I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. I mean it. What else were you going to say, though? Did you have stuff that wasn't numbers? No. Right. So that that is the common that's the common misconception with logos, right? It doesn't have to be just data. It doesn't have to be just statistics, right? It can also be logical arguments that make your arguments obvious and readable to the to your audience, right? And that it's it everything is just structured in a really logical way. There's also some logos here when we talk about, this is pretty simple too. Um, when we turn on the news, people, the Parker, we're living through one of the most polarizing times in our history. 
and one of our problems is that the american dream is out of reach for too many people so wealthiest country in the world most people are struggling economically so that's logos right there right that's the impetus for this video is that for the wealthiest uh, country in the world we have a really disparate amount of people and families struggling economically Mo way more than any any other first world country in the world right so we clearly have an issue they're trying to address it so that is a very logical moment here where this democrat dude is talking about how there's a disconnect and that's a logical disconnect right what other logos did you guys find Yeah, college is expensive, you guys. It's really expensive. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if this was exactly what but I just said they started with somebody, like, talking about a problem, and they backed it up with people, like, real-life examples, and then they ended it with somebody, like, putting it all together. So you can talk about literally just the logical order of ideas. Here's the problem. Here's what the problem looks like on an individual basis. Let's restate the problem and offer some sort of solution or invitation at the end. Yeah, so that's logical. Um, another Logos thing that somebody pointed out was the, the glass dude. They were saying that the infrastructure is bad where they were, so they had a hard time creating their online business because no Wi-Fi, but they couldn't move because their son's benefits were attached to the state that they were in, right? So that's a logical rock and a hard place for these people, and that makes a lot of sense on both sides why they're in that position, right? Other Logos stuff? I did find that Logos was the hardest thing for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is exactly Logos, but I put the like boss guy, he said that they received state support, but it still wasn't like enough to cover the whole school bills for the money. Sure, okay, yeah. So any data, numbers, actual facts that speak to their overall message, right? So by the way, what do you think their overall message was? In essence, what do they want from the audience? Before that, who is their target audience? So if you were, again, so the who cares is, right, is what we're trying to identify here. So if you put Americans as a who cares, that's way too broad, that would be a no-go for me. It has to be specific. So how can you make that more specific? It's not all Americans, right? What is who's the target audience? Yeah. Um, just like people who aren't struggling so they can join the help those Right, because people who aren't struggling might not even know that people are struggling at this level, right? And sometimes it's less of a I don't want to know the truth and more of I just haven't been exposed to the truth sort of thing, right? Um, in other words, maybe the target audience is the Americans of that old-fashioned mindset where if you just work hard enough, you can get what you want. Because that isn't true for these people. These people all worked extremely hard and still might not have exactly what they're looking for, right? Grit was not the problem for these people. They had other factors in their lives that made it hard for them to achieve their goals even with that grit, right? So 
maybe the target audience is Americans who think that grit is the only recipe for success. That's all you need, right? If you just work hard, we'll fix it. Yeah. yeah but at the same time, the, um, the tamale lady and the black guy both kind of reached their goals. Kind of, but the black guy, he says he's still in debt, right? He says he still can't, he's still, he's still in the middle of it. We didn't get really a, a, an end, right? right? He says, I'm getting these contracts, but sometimes the bills come due before I'm paid for the contracts. He still is living in the red, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of the black. I just think like, I don't know, it shows that they kind of, from where they were at the start, and right. where they are now, it's a completely different world. Like he, he started his own business, it's, it's successful. He lost a bunch of weight. Somali lady went from 24,000 to 40,000 in production, whatever. Um, Thanks to me and my one-time $40 purchase. So so what's stopping us from making the argument that the documentary is showing people that grit does take you places? Right, so what about that? What about the grit? Where I don't think the argument ever was that grit isn't great, right? I don't think anybody is saying that grit doesn't equal success. I think the question here is grit plus what? Because grit can't just be the only thing. Right? Because again, if I have the same level of grit as a family who's making $50,000 a year, if we both work, have the same amount of grit, and we both work hard, are we still going to have the same amount of success? It does depend. And the, what it depends on is what the paper's about. Right? So, um, what, what, so the audience is people who think that hard work is just the end of it, right? The target audience is people who are in middle and upper class positions socioeconomically within the society. Is the target audience people who are marginalized or people who are struggling economically? Do you think this video is for them? I don't think it was made for them, but I do think it was kind of, it's kind of validating if like you are currently from a family who's working really hard and still struggling economically, it's validating to know that it's not just you, that it's a thing. It's a phenomenon in America that we're dealing with right now. So maybe that's a part of the target audience too, but for a different reason. So what do they want from their audience? What are they trying to convince you to do? Who thinks they came up with a good answer for that? Yeah? I don't know. Mine's just different than you said. I just said that like they want people to almost like, I, they're in a position of power and they have to keep getting voted in. So number one, they could be like looking for votes or looking for money mm -hmm. to help them with their cause yeah. absolutely um, if you take a look usually what they want from you is always at the end so take a look at what they are looking for right from the person sometimes they're not looking they might want your vote they're not saying it but there is specific things that they are saying that they want from you it's about limitless ambition and opportunities I think it's here and dream her own and that's how many see this ideal today it's not just the white picket fence and a nice home. It's wanting something and then being able to work toward it. It's about limitless ambition and opportunities to succeed. The American. So do you think they are trying to convince you to be a part of that limitless ambition, that drive to succeed? That could be part of it, absolutely. I don't think it's the whole thing, but I definitely think that they want their audience to tap into their grit a little more and be a part of that, right? The dream is for a lot of people lost, but I won't give up on it. 
I think that idea of not giving up on the American dream, maybe just redefining it a little bit. Maybe it doesn't look exactly like that. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. That's my little one. She has a gab watch. She calls me on her gab watch. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? So it's time as a nation. This is where they're, it's what they're, we call their call to action, right? It's time as a nation to recognize what? It's time as a nation to recognize the strength and humanity of those working toward their American dream. So maybe they also want us to take a look at people who might live that American dream differently than us, but recognize and respect their efforts toward their American dream and them working toward it in their way, right? So it doesn't have to be the exact same for everybody. And to understand, whatever our division, we are still one people. Can we achieve the human dignity that no matter where you come from, what language you speak, what culture you're a part of, that you can build a life for your family that's stable and a legacy to leave behind them? A legacy of grit and grace. So... We can, and I think part of it is that they, they want their audience to become a part of that legacy of grit and grace, right? To allow others to pursue their American dream and allow you to do the same. Um, so, right, there's a lot of things that they want from their viewer. That's what I saw there at least, right? There's a few different things that they're asking from you, right? Okay, so any other things about this graphic organizer that felt hard to answer? Because again, we got to get this right because this is going to turn into your paper. So what else feels hard to answer about this? You guys feel like you have it on lock? No. I love that. No. I'm working on it. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> we can talk through any of the other fields on your graphic organizer if you feel like you need to, but just remember you can resubmit it. And the other thing that I see you just one hot second, I was, I, this is the thing I don't want to forget to say. So this assignment, this graphic organizer is so far, we've only been working in 15% of your grade area so far. It's always, it's just been those activities and formative assignments. This assignment is the first one of five that are going to go in your documentary review assignment uh, section which is 20% of your grade but we only have that 20% and that 15% here for midterm so what was 15 and 20% is now like I don't know 65 and right 65 and 45 somewhere around there the 20% becomes half of your grade essentially so essentially right now this one assignment is half of your grade until we finish this paper and start getting bigger percentages of your grade you see why? So this one 10-point assignment could bring your grade from a B to a D if it's not good, which has already happened. That's why I'm warning you about it, right? So just until we get more assignments in that 20% of your grade percentage, she's heavy. She is heavy for a bit. So that's why I'm trying to make sure that this is done well and done correctly so when you turn it in, it doesn't tank your grade with one assignment temporarily. Yeah? Doesn't seem 